0: Today, we come and it's Pentecost Sunday. And we're so excited. I'm so excited to be able to share, to preach here live with you today. Come on, Clearbrook. Woo! It's an exciting moment. And if you're new to the church, really, the reason we celebrate Pentecost Sunday is we're looking back at the Bible at an occurrence where um, the Holy Spirit came and empowered the disciples to go and share the gospel to the world. Amen? And so, that same power, the same thing, is available for us as Christians today. And we, we come and we talk about it today in remembrance of what God has done and looking forward to saying, this is still available to us today. Amen? Amen. And so we're currently in the second and last part of our Holy Spirit series today. And during this series, what we've been trying to do is just simply unpack some of the myths about the Holy Spirit to take away some of the, you know, sometimes there's some crazy terminology that's there. But ultimately, it's because we want to help you understand that third person of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, because we believe that God wants us to know all of who he is. Amen? Amen. And so um, one of the problems that we've seen in today's church is there's many people who never even heard of the Holy Spirit, but this wasn't isolated to just our time. And last week, we quickly looked at Acts 19, and that should be up on the sides here for you. And Acts 19, 1 through 6 says this, and it says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples, and he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. And so we want to be able to today take a look what is baptism in the Holy Spirit. What is it, the things that happen on the day of Pentecost that God still has for us today? Yeah. But before we get there, I want to review just a few of the things that we highlighted last week that John did an awesome job explaining to us. And one is that the Holy Spirit has either not been talked about or he's been misunderstood. Yeah. You know, I actually, I went to a university where you hardly heard about how the Holy Spirit empowered people, how he miraculous things were done by the hands of the apostles and the disciples. And so sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. Other times it's it's a fear because sometimes the Holy Spirit can get a little bit messy. You can't really put them in a box. Just like John said last week that, you know, we like to create systems, right? We want to take this huge, we want God to be so big. We want him to be bigger than everything else. But we want to put him into the little box that sits between our two ears. And so what we found out is a lot of times people want to avoid the subject because of this, but we can't. And other times it's just been because, you know, the Holy Spirit has been packaged in a weird way. Where maybe people's experiences with it, they were um, acting too much on themselves and just acting just all sorts of crazy. And it would give the Holy Spirit a bad rep. And so what I want to be able to do is just begin, begin to lay some of that out. Remove some of the junk and see that this God has something super special for us. And also John talked about how sometimes that idea of spirit can be misunderstood. You know, the King James translates it as the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost somebody, you know. And that's how we've interpreted. And it's funny because one time I I had taken a friend out to Starbucks. And we were just sitting down, we were talking, we were catching up over a good cup of coffee And so we were talking, I think the conversation actually started because we were talking about Spirit Airlines. You know, the the ones where you have to sit like this and you have to like pay $50 for a backpack, that one. Um, So we were were talking about that. And then we ended up somehow switching over to the Holy Spirit and talking. And what's funny is he got up and he went to go throw away his cup and like uh, go get a water or something. And this lady comes up to me, she's like, I heard you were talking about ghosts. I love studying the paranormal. And I was like, this is about to get really interesting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, well, we're actually Christians. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, that he comes and he lives inside of us and he gives us power. And that some of these other things, it's just, um, if it's not the Holy Spirit, then a lot of times it's a manifestation of something else that you don't want to mess with. And um, the conversation pretty much ended there. <laughs> but sometimes we get, so, we get so caught up in some of these different terms. But I want to kind of help. To shape some of that so we have a framework to think in and one of the things that john said was really good is in the old testament that the word spirit of god because holy spirit's been there the whole time we use the word is ruach and you have to get the phlegm in your throat too and and in the new testament it's translated pneuma pneuma and that just means it means spirit but what it has a picture of is wind you remember, uh, Jesus talks and tells some stories about how the Holy Spirit is like a wind. It goes to and fro, and we don't, we don't know where it's going, but we can discern what it's doing because of the movement that it's creating. And so when we look at the Holy Spirit, we get a better idea. And that when we get that idea of a wind, that we are kind of like sailboats. And so when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, when he fills us, it's like a sail, and it propels us like a sailboat, and we, we can go further, faster. And then finally, John said something that was really good and given us a little bit of a framework for the Trinity. Because sometimes that can be confusing, right? It's God is three and one and, you know, one and three and how does this work? But what it looks like is, he put it really well, is the Father loves me, Jesus saves me, and the Holy Spirit is with me. And that's a, that's a good like quick reference tool for us to kind of help think about how we engage with the Holy Spirit. So, Today, we're going to talk about what happened at Pentecost and at the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're going to clarify some of the terminology, get rid of some of the myths and some of the other stuff, because what I desire is for you to have a deeper relationship and connection with all of who God is. Amen? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so if it's okay with you, we're going to nerd out a little bit on the Bible. Can we do that? Okay, because if you said no, I didn't know what I was going to do anyways. So... We're going we're gonna to study the Word together. I want to tell you my personal journey with the Holy Spirit. And then what we're going to do at the end is have an opportunity for you to respond. Our team is here. We want to pray for you to be filled, to be, experience the Holy Spirit. But before we get started today, will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you that you came and did on the cross over 2,000 years ago what we could never do on our own god we thank you we praise you for that and god we thank you today for sending us what you said was the comforter the teacher the deliverer the helper and so god we praise you we thank you we ask that as we study these that it would not be my words but your words today god that you would receive all the honor and all the glory in jesus name amen amen and so um, if you're taking notes it's not going to be in the app today But that's okay. We got pen and paper. You got the notes app on your phone, right? So today's message is titled, Filled for a Purpose. Filled for a Purpose. Did you know today, when the Holy Spirit fills you, He fills you for a purpose? And I want us to look at that. So we're going to start in Acts 1, verses 4 through 8. But before we go there, I want to um, kind of lay out what's going on. So at this time, Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's already died. He's been buried and has been resurrected. And he's now in the time that the Bible talks about the 40 days where he appeared to over 500 people after his resurrection and before ascending into heaven. And so what we see is his last command to His disciples, and you see this look a little different in some of the Gospels, but it's because it's all telling the same story from a little bit different perspective. You see the same thing in Matthew and and Luke and John, and we see this again in Acts, and so diving into that, says, and while staying with them, them being the disciples, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit, which he said, you heard from me. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes, you will receive power. And so what Jesus is telling them is what's going to happen next and why it's going to happen. What's going to happen? You're going to stay here. You're going to wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. And then you're going to receive power power to go do what i've just called you to do because it's going to take something more than yourself to see it to fruition and so stay and wait and we look at there where jesus says you're going to be baptized with the spirit what does that mean you know when we take it back and we see that word baptism in their original language it actually means to be immersed in It means to be, imagine that you have like a, a lot of times like water baptism is the best example in our minds, the best word picture of that, because here's something that's bigger than you, and you're being dipped down in it. And that's what we're talking about. And actually, in the Christian experience, there's three different baptisms that we experience. Did you know that? And I want to talk through a few of those. The first one is the baptism into the body of Christ, This happens when you're saved, when you say, you know what, Jesus, your ways are better than my ways. I'm living for you. I'm turning from myself, and I'm living for you now. You are baptized into the body of Christ. What Romans says is that you were buried with Christ, and you were raised back to life with him. So we are baptized into the body of Christ. So not only do you begin a relationship with Jesus, but now you are part of the body. You are part of the church. Yes, part of a local congregation, but it's so much bigger than that. You're baptized into a body, Christ's body, across eternity of those who have been saved and who are going to be saved. You're into his body. Yeah. And then the next thing we see is water baptism. Yeah. right? So the first one is the only one that's necessary for salvation. I want to clarify that. But water baptism, it's, it's an evidence of a private decision that you've made. Where are my married people at? Ayo. More importantly, where are my guys at? Yeah. All right. So when you get married, what do you put on it? If you are like lucky, then you got to put a ring on it. Yeah. I can't sing. That's, that's about the best you're going to get. But, um, but yeah. So when you get married, you put a ring on it. And if you don't have a ring, you probably got it tattooed on, right? Um, but there's a reason for that. It's it's an evidence of a decision that you've made. You see, it's and it's the same way if you've if you've come into a relationship with Jesus and you've never been baptized in and, and water and submersion, that's your next step. And it's because to show that you're his. And my wife, she's amazing. Hey boo. Yeah. She's awesome. Like one of my things is just a, it's a personal discipline for me is just is trying to stay healthy, so going to the gym. And I love the ring that she got me, um, but a lot of times it'll, like, it'll catch on the equipment or anything like that, and it's kind of scary. You're like, oh, my gosh, I could have lost my finger. Like, so she was like, oh, no, I ain't having you go to no gym with no ring on your finger. So she got me one of those like awesome little silicone bands. But the reason is to say, you're mine. Amen. <laughs> And it's to it's show that you've made a personal decision. It's evidence of that decision that you've made. And then the last type of baptism is that in the Holy Spirit. And it is that of being clothed with power. And we actually see all three of these in one passage. So Acts 8, 14 through 17 says, Now when the apostles at Jerusalem had heard that Samaria had received the word, so they believed in Jesus... They sent to them Peter and John who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them. Which that word fallen has the, same, um, it has the same word picture as being baptized. But they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Water baptism. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And so one thing I do want to clarify is that if you are in a relationship with Jesus, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you do have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I do want to clarify that you do have the Holy Spirit. And But the difference between being filled with the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit is that of this. Like Think of a cup. And maybe your cup is full, and it's full of everything that you can contain. But then take that cup, and now put it down in a pool. You're no longer pulling from yourself it's you're it's super saturated with something that's more than you can contain and that's the idea of being filled with the holy spirit because that filling is even more it the greek language can be tough because we don't really always have the vocabulary in english that is there and it has this idea that you are so super saturated full that it is just overflowing it's overflowing it's bubbling out And that filling, it says, actually creates lifelong change. It's a lifelong change that comes out of it. And so that's what it looks like. And so I think what this encourages us is that we are all on a spiritual journey with God. Amen. As your pastor today, I still have more that God has me to step into. And I believe that God has more that he wants you to step into today. Because here's the truth is that, until we are face-to-face with Jesus, we never stop trying to grow more like him. Amen? Amen? So we are constantly on this journey, and it will not stop until we are with him. Yeah. And so that kind of builds out our framework for today as we are going to look at the story of Pentecost. And so um, I'm going to read it here to you, and it's Acts 2. If you want to follow along in your Bibles, we're going to look at Acts 2, verses 1 through 13. And It says, Now there was a dwelling in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And at this sound, the multitude came together, and they were bewildered, because each one of them was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all of these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and the visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocked, saying, they are filled with new wine. And I want to just give a little sidebar here. When the Holy Spirit shows up, there's going to be two people that are present. There's going to be those who are amazed, and there's going to be those who mock. And we shouldn't be surprised by this. When, When the Holy Spirit begins or has already done something amazing in your life and you begin to go tell of the great things, the mighty works of God, but through the Holy Spirit, there's gonna be those who are amazed saying, Wow, maybe God could do this through me too. And then there's gonna be some that are like, dude, what are you on? Because you're crazy. Yeah. And I've had both happen to me. So um <laughs> so we're in good company. But there's a few things that I want to highlight from the text here. And it says when the day of Passover came, or excuse me, when the day of Pentecost came, and that word Pentecost, sometimes we don't understand what it means, but can I just reassure you that it's just a number? It's just a number. Pentecost actually means 50. Penta being the root word, of it's five, and cost, putting it together, is 50. And what it is, is that Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover, And I just love God. He's so He's so creative. If you haven't just dove into some of these things in the Bible, man, it'll blow your mind. Some of these details and how God is so amazing to work these things out. What's awesome is so Passover. You know that's Passover and Pentecost are both Jewish festivals that are celebrated, and they were celebrated here. These were devout Jews who were coming and celebrating, and so 50 days before um, they were celebrating. Passover. And what Passover was is really, if you remember back to the Old Testament, when the Israelites were enslaved in Egypt, God raised up a prophet named Moses to go. And he went to Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. Yeah. And, so, and so from that, we celebrated Passover because it was a deliverance from bondage. It was a deliverance from slavery. And what's crazy is during that time, the sins of the people were actually put back on the sons of Egypt. Where um, in the story, you know, God said, I'm gonna, you need to sacrifice a lamb and you need to put the blood across the, the doorpost. And if you do not, your for, firstborn son will die. And so the Egyptians did not, the Israelites did. And it, it's a symbol, it's a symbol of things to come. That Jesus would be the Passover lamb the sacrificial lamb whose blood would take away the sins of the world. And what we see is that it was a foreshadowing of Jesus. Because in Passover, we celebrate, you know, it was the deliverance of slavery. But now it's a deliverance from sin and death. What a good Jesus we have. And what's awesome is that the timing of God. He says, you need to stay and you need to wait a little while. I'm about to go back up to my father and sit at the right hand at my rightful place, but you need to stay and you need to wait for power because I got something for you to do. And so 50 days later, we see Pentecost and the context tells us that there's 120 in the upper room. We we have to assume that it's the upper room because that's where they were staying. But what we see here is in Pentecost... It is actually a celebration of harvest. It's a celebration of first fruits, of giving glory to God. And so we'll talk about more of that in a second. But one of the things that can be confusing a lot of times is tongues of fire. What does that mean? You know, some of the elevation songs, tongues of fire. Like, you sing about it, but do we know what that means? And what he's talking about is, God was actually giving them distinct languages to use for his purposes. It's wild. It's it's nothing short of supernatural because these were actually distinct, real native languages, as the word tells us, because these people from all over the world were hearing it. it. The miracle didn't happen in their hearing. It happened in the speaking of the disciples. Because it was as the Spirit gave them utterance. And so they spoke under the influence of the Holy Spirit. But what's amazing is if we look back at Acts 1, what did, why did Jesus say that we were going to be filled with the Holy Spirit? For power and to be witnesses to the ends of the earth. What is verse 5 in, in chapter 2 says? It says, Jews from every nation were present. So Jews from every single nation were present at this time. And, and from that, they heard the mighty works of God. These people knew the scripture, but they might not have known Jesus. And so they were prophesying. And in the book of Revelation, it tells us that the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. So when they're prophesying, they're speaking out as the Holy Spirit gives them utterance. They are prophesying of Jesus. They're prophesying of the great things that God did. And so we look at that, and, and we look at what happens next. Well, we know that Peter gets up and delivers a message. And what's crazy is that the power came upon him. Did you know that it was just a few days later, or a few days previous, that Peter was too scared to tell a little child about Jesus? Because he was afraid of what might happen, that it might be him on the cross with Jesus the next morning. But on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, he was filled. He was empowered. And then he stands up and he says, let me tell you what this is all about. Let me tell you what's going on right now. You remember that guy, Jesus? Yeah, the one that you just that died not long ago? The one that you heard is still walking around and you can't figure it out? Guess what? This was prophesied about him. And he goes and he he talks about this prophecy in Joel 2 back in the Old Testament <clears throat> where Jesus or excuse me, where God is saying in the end days I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your men and women alike, young and old, I'm going to pour out my spirit and they are going to prophesy. And that's exactly what happens. And I I just love this because what we see happen from this is that Peter boldly preaches to the crowd when he couldn't stand before one before, and 3,000 are saved that day. Here's the crazy part. On the, it's on the day of Pentecost. It is the celebration of the harvest. What did Jesus say? He said, pray for laborers, because the harvest is plentiful, but there are few who are working the fields. Come on. They just got 3,000 workers. Because guess what? It's not going to be too long from then because these people were filled with the Holy Spirit too. It won't be too many days from then when they're going to be driven out by Rome. They are going to be, it's called the diaspora. They are dispersed amongst the earth. And these 3,000 are going to go back to their hometowns. And we see that the gospel actually travels through some of these people. A lot of it happens through the apostles, yes. But some of these here, they take the good news of Jesus back with them. And that's some of those stories we were reading about in Acts 19 and in Acts 18, how it had gone already, it had already gone out. And we see that because these people here were filled. But what it tells me is that we are filled for a purpose. We are filled for a purpose. So today, the Holy Spirit desires to fill us. And the purpose is to do two things. It's simply, like we've talked about, to bring power from on high, to have heaven power living inside of you and helping achieve what God has set out for you to do. And, but it's also to build a deeper relationship with you. He wants more of you. And we see in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So you've already been on God's mind, church. God's not astonished by any of the things that have happened in your life. He's not surprised that you're in church here today. But here's the thing. He wants to continue to continue to do more through you. He's not done with us yet. Amen? Amen. There's still those in our community who need to hear the good news of Jesus for the very first time. There are those who are growing up not even knowing the Bible. One of the things that is so surprising is statistically the generations that are coming up are more... um, just generally because there's not as many of them in church, They're more, this generation coming up is more biblically illiterate than the previous five or ten. And so the work for us is not done yet. We're not done planting churches. Amen, church? We're continuing to believe that there's going to be more. But this essentially is done so that we can make bold, lively decisions for Jesus to step out into the unknown, to do some of those scary things that maybe God's already put on your heart. Maybe the thing you've been trying to stuff away and maybe as I'm speaking, God is actually pulling back up to the surface again. You're like, I thought that thing was gone. <laughs> no, Holy Spirit's not gonna let you let it go. But ultimately, it's never to make you better than someone else, to make you a quote unquote super Christian or anything like that. It's, it's just to empower you to serve him. So God desires to empower you. Like we said earlier, when the Holy Spirit comes in and breathes wind into your sails, something awesome happens. Something supernatural happens. He takes his super and meets our natural. So we have that cup, like we said. And we can only put so much in our cup. That's just who we are. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we are filled with power, we are dropped down into that endless tank of of Holy Spirit. And he comes and does something amazing. And when this happens, watch out. Watch out, because he's going to change things up. He's going to do things that you never thought he would do. He's going to call you to do something crazy that you're like, no way, God, that's not me. (laughs) You don't know who I am. That's not me. But here's the thing, it's, it's for his glory and not yours you got to remember that. That everything God does is not for you, it's not for me, but it's for his glory. And we get to be on the journey with him through that. And so in this process, he has gifts inside of you. He has gifts inside of you. And what he's wanting to do is unlock them and pull them out. And I don't know if this resonates with you, but those, those gifts that the Holy Spirit gives, if you're not operating in them, you just feel like a void. I don't know, maybe, maybe you're in this place in your Christian walk today where you're like, you know what, I, um, I feel like I've experienced a lot that there's experience, and it just doesn't feel like it's enough. That's because there's still more. Yeah. The reason you're feeling that is because God is drawing you closer to him, and he wants to pull something out of you. He has a gift in you that is for the world. It's for the church. And through the Holy Spirit, he wants to empower you to do it to feel that fulfillment because the Holy Spirit, once again, is that wind in our sails. And in our lives, you know, we can kind of, we can have a hard time maybe following the Holy Spirit because you're like, whoa, that's wacky. That's crazy. Um, God's going to call me, ask me to do something that is just so far out of my comfort zone. I could, I, I never want to be seen doing that. And what I want to say is that God might call you to do something crazy but it's going to be his will. You know, there's been times of the Holy Spirit where there's just, you know, crazy things that are happening. And maybe you've heard some of the horror stories of of people really just acting what we call in the flesh there where they're just acting in their own carnal desires, where they're trying to use a gift of the spirit, something that is God's to bring glory to themselves and take the glory off of God. Or um, you hear stories of people just rolling around or running around sanctuaries and just screaming and, just creating some chaos. God does miraculous things, but he does things in an order. And the Bible talks about it. You know, we've talked about speaking in tongues and prophecy. And Paul gives us order for the church. He says that when that does, there should be an interpretation. Because he says that it's better to speak one word of, just a few words of prophecy than a thousand in tongues, because those who do not believe are going to be freaked out. It It just happens. But it is of God when it's interpreted. So when God gives the gift of tongues, when when that does happen in church services, when it happens in our prayer meetings, when that happens in our small groups, it is biblical, but it needs to be followed up with interpretation. And so I just want to lay that out because sometimes we can kind of get that all wacky. But I think what the most important thing that I'm trying to say is be led by the Spirit. Because that is... You know, you want to know how to live your best life right now? Be led by the Spirit. And, and because, it, honestly, we're all, led, we're all led by something. And I think this is funny. Ephesians 5, 18 says this. It says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, which just means corrupt thinking or corrupt actions, but be filled with the Spirit. We are all influenced by something. And it just determines what you will allow yourself to be influenced by. And when we actually look back at Acts 2, what is it that the bystanders said of the disciples? Oh, they must have had that new wine. What that actually means, new wine was actually a thicker, more intoxicating wine. They're like, yeah, if I was on the good stuff, I'd be speaking in another language too, you know? That's what they're saying to them. But for us, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Come under His power. Come under His influence so that we can do the things that He's called us to do to go into that deeper relationship with Him. Because ultimately He wants to draw near to you. Do you believe that today? That He does want to draw near to you, but He's gonna draw near to those who desire Him. You know, you cause I might even be talking, you're like, Whoa, this is this is kind of new, this is kind of kinda crazy for me, and this is uh, you know, this is both feet out of the boat here, Ben, not just one. That's okay. That's okay because it's all in God's timing. And like I said, baptism into the body of Christ, receiving Jesus as the Lord and Savior is the, only, is the only qualification that any of us have to go to heaven. But we believe that there is still more that he has us to experience. But it, once again, like I said, it's, it's for those who are going to desire it. And in, in the Bible, it talks about how Jesus... How God is the one who stands at the door and knocks. He says, and if anyone will come and open the door and let me in, then I will be with him. He's not gonna open the door for you. He's gonna knock. He's gonna knock. So um, but he's not gonna overstep that. And so what I want to be able to do is just kind of share some of my story, because I think a lot of times we can read it and we can be like, oh hey, yeah, this is, you know, this is crazy, this is this, this is that. But I mean, for me, I had this experience. And that's why I'm so passionate about it, because it changed my life. You see, I first heard of Jesus when I was about seven years old. And um, actually, my Aunt Sandy, who's here, she took me to VBS. Um, so sign your kids up for VBS. That's the moral of the story here. But I just remember, I can't even tell you what the, um, the pastor spoke about. But all I remember is just this prompting in me. This is like, like my legs went weak. I'm like, I have to go to the front. I was the kid that would never say a word. I was so shy. I would hide behind my parents' legs at the party and like just would like, you know, scrunch up if anyone saw me. And so all of a sudden here I am walking down the aisle to receive Jesus. And I just remember, um, I can't, like I said, I can't really remember what he preached about. I remember there's just a big Noah's Ark. It was kind of cool. But, um, but I remember making that decision that day. But then, for me it it just i didn't my my parents did a lot to keep me in church, but it, it just never clicked like i I remember from that day being kind of cognizant of God, but I never remember being like yeah that's like that's that's who i am that's like that's what my life's about and so i I started growing up, I remember being a super rebellious youth, and my dad actually had hair before I went through my teenage years and um I just remember I remember one one moment very specifically. I was I was about 14 or 15 years old and I'm going to be very personal here for a second. And um I always as a kid, I always had so much anger inside of me. I always had so much just like frustration or depression and um I remember being about 14 15 years old just going through the storm of life, just trying to process a lot of things. And I remember Taking it like, like I said, this is gonna be deep. I, I remember smashing up a CD, one of my like metal band CDs that I had, and I was like, and I was in my room, and I remember getting ready to take that CD and just like start cutting my wrist, and I just remember in that moment, I was like, I just remember speaking up to the ceiling. I was like, um, I don't know who's there. I don't know if you're real God. I don't know if you're real Satan but I'm ready to die. Whoever wants me, you can have me because I'm done. I'm done with this. And my life kind of continued along that way. I always had friends who were praying for me and trying to invite me to church. And it wasn't until about my freshman year of college, I just remember God was just beginning to speak to me. I didn't know it then, but I I know his voice now, you know? The word says that, when his sheep hear his voice, they they hear him. Um, at that time, I didn't realize that it was God. And I had a friend um, who had invited me to a revival service. But before that, I would there's a little like campus church that was on on the university there. I went to Shenandoah University for a year, and um, I remember just like going out and partying on Saturday night, just being so terribly sick. Walking into church on Sunday the next the next day. I just remember, just like, having my feet, in both sides. You know, I was one foot in and one foot out on both sides, and I just remember just getting waylaid, like with life, in every direction. I had a friend who invited me to a revival service at a, at their church, it was in Woodbridge, Virginia, and it was it was just crazy. I mean, I probably had received some of the worst news of my life up to that point and um, completely devastated me. Never thought that would happen to me. And then we're in that service and the worship leader who is worshiping, he just said, he's like, I don't know where you guys are at today, but would you just put your hands up to Jesus? If you just take that next step of faith. And I I remember just being so broken because the night before I, I couldn't sleep. I was just laying on my face. I was like, God, how could this happen to me? Like, I don't know what to do now. How, how, do I, how do I process this? And I remember God meeting in my, my moment of weakness. I had, my, I had my hands up. And that was the very first time I had ever expressed any kind of love to God in worship. And so that's why when you see me on the front row, I just have both hands up because I just remember so much of what God took me out of. But I'm standing there. And all of a sudden, it was just like the Holy Spirit just fell. Like the Word said, it, it it fell. And all of a sudden, I just started this language started coming out of me. And at this time, I had I had no reference for this. I like didn't even know John three sixteen at the time. And the Holy Spirit just fell on me, and I, I thought I was like speaking Spanish or something. Like when we you speak in tongues, it's it's a real language. It really is. And it and so the Spirit fell on me, and I remember. Um, just continue to hear these kids who've just been from broken pastor telling their story they're telling how God did amazing things that healed them and at the end they invited us to come up and, and so I, I scared made my way up to the front and these, uh, these teenagers started praying for me and they're like man have you ever heard the voice of God I was like no I, I, don't, I don't think so And he prayed for me. And it was like, I, it's explained kind of like the inaudible voice. Like it's, you can't hear an audible voice, but it's so deep inside of you. It's like, it's like pulling, it's almost like, you know, like how you play a guitar. It's like playing in your heartstrings. It's sometimes it's hard to explain, but I just remember God saying, I'm with you. I'm with you through this. And then he said, have you, have you ever seen a vision from God? Have you ever, has God ever done anything? He's like, no, I've never, I've never seen, I've never I've, I've never experienced anything supernatural with God. And also they, they put their hands on me and they're, they're praying for me. And it was insane. It was like, I was, I was standing there and I was just receiving from them. Once again, I have no context for any of this at this time. And all of a sudden it was like light jolt of electricity just started like going up through my body. And I'm standing there and like the higher it gets, it's like my body's just kind of getting weak and I just remember as as it like as it kept climbing up me like I felt something was changing. it was really weird and then as it got up towards like my torso, I remember i I didn't leave my body, but i had a I had a vision whereas like what I saw was no longer what I was actually in the room seeing and all of a sudden um it was like I was transported back and um all of a sudden i'm there's Roman soldiers all around me and and they took my arms and they attached me to a cross and they, they tied me down. They bound me up and they drove stakes through my hands. And I, it was weird. I remember the the cross being looked like plexiglass, like you could see through it. And as soon as they finished as as right as they're about to drive some of the finishing blows, the cross just started like lifting up and I was floating away. What appeared to be into heaven. And, It was, it was the most insane thing. I just remember just lifting off and I'm seeing them just like standing there and I'm just like, like a rocket taking off. And, and then I come out and all of a sudden I see this like massive war of like clouds going on on the earth. It was like black and white clouds that are just swirling around. And all of a sudden it was like, as I was about to get into heaven, boom, I just came back and I was just back. can't explain everything of what that meant all i know is that it changed everything i remember from that point forward praying i woke up and all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh oh my gosh god's real wait you're saying me god is real like i've just been kind of been coming to church and doing this thing in faith like he's a real he wanted to have a real personal relationship with me he he just what did he do and all i remember is that my desires changed in a moment? All of a sudden, is like I just saw everybody around me, and I just I just had to go pray for them. I'm like, oh, dude, I need to pray for you. You need to have this. You, what happened to me just needs to happen to you. Like, you need to experience this, Jesus. Do you know about him? They're like, dude, we're in the church. I know, but you need to know Jesus. I was in the church. I know Jesus now. he, he he's my Lord. And it was just like with the the apostles. I can't tell you, some, something switched that day where I, I remember going back to my campus. And if you're familiar with Shenandoah at all, it's not, it, it's just, it's a different place. And, and I just remember going and um, there was a guy who had been buying me all my alcohol. And I was like, dude, I got to tell you about something that happened to me. It's going to blow your mind, man. Let's go to Costco. And so we went to Costco and I, I told him and I started um, I, I just told him what, all that God did, everything I'd gone through. And all of a sudden, he's like, dude, man, he's like, I haven't been to church in a long time, but, like, do you want to have, like, a Bible study right now in my room? I was like, yes! Yes! Let's do that, man! And I just remember just, like, some crazy supernatural stuff beginning to happen in his life. And um, that's, it's an, another story for a whole other day, but it was, like... Something evil had tried to be on him, and we prayed over him and casted it off. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden once again, I just know John 3.16. All I'm doing is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. And this guy's life gets set free, and he receives it. And then all of a sudden, now we're going around. We're the lunatics, the ones that are getting mocked on campus. Like, dude, these guys are drunk because we're going around. Hey, do you know Jesus? Hey, do you know Jesus? I need to tell you about Jesus. So much so, we were mocked that someone said, yeah, you should probably go make one of those exorcist movies, my friend. <laughs> but I wanted to share that with you because this is real. God has more for you. I wouldn't be standing here today. You know, I had some of our, our friends praying for me today because I was like, God, you got to show up because inside I'm still kind of that kid who just like wants to hide in the corner sometimes. But, but God, I, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna get up here and you're gonna speak through me. And God wants to do the same through you. He's not done with you yet. If you still have breath in your lungs, He's got Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit wind that He wants to fill it with. He's not done with you yet. And so, what I want to do is have our prayer team come up. Maybe you're not ready for this, but I would I would ask you as we're as we're, as we're going, as we're, we're going to worship one more time, and, and then we're going, to, we're going to leave this place. But I would invite you to come forward. Have somebody pray with you. If anything else, even if you've been a Christian, you've been filled, God tells us to be filled continually so that we can do his work. Amen? Amen.